got that Patriot icon just taunting me. Mm-hmm. Just reminding me that you snake that topic for your other podcast that you love more. You can record this show more often anytime you want. Can I? Mm-hmm. Can I just do that? Mm-hmm. I don't think I can. Why? What's stopping you? All the rest of the things in my life. Oh, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. No. Well, actually, you would be one of the... Or would you be in the rest of things in my life? I don't know you're not in the rest because you're on the show. Mm-hmm. It's up for debate, but definitely everything else. Tonight the cable was my fault. The cable going out was my fault. That's why I'm, that's why I'm late. I'm late because the, the cable went out. Forget it, Merlin. It's cable town. <laughs> then I fixed it. How'd you fix it? But then I got to turn off. Then I got to turn off the Plex. Did you blow the dust off? Blow the dust out? Sorry. <laughs> oh God, oh, I hate this week so much. Oh God. Hello. <laughs> That's super. Mm-hmm. <sighs> God, what fun we have. So, have you started your uh, solo dadding yet? I'm um, I'm in the thick of it. No, really. Sure. Yeah. Just. Dogs closed upstairs in the bedroom. Kids are in bed. You hope? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Dishes are you gonna, clean. You gonna check the uh, check the nest cam? See if anybody's skulking around. I don't have any of those upstairs. Just downstairs. Uh, I'll, I'll hear if something terrible goes wrong. Yeah, like if somebody draws a bath while they're making jambalaya or something. Ah, uh, they're all they're all uh, bathed and teeth brushed and pajamaed and tucked in. I mm. think everything. That's nice. It's on course. Yeah. Let's see some of my speed tests here. Uh, last one was uh, <laughs> 49K down, but I was getting 218K up. It's pretty good. A, is that kilobytes? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not good. <laughs> uh, Ira opines, your internet is slow. Hmm. Your internet is slow. But no, wait, we're Skyping right now. Everything sounds great. <clears throat> this, is on, this is in my private office. What, is, but, what does that mean? What is your oh, pri- is that the bathroom? What is that? Is that code for something? Uh, well, I have a home that mm-hmm. is my house, and I have a work oh, that, that is my that's office. Where the internet, that's where the internet is bad at your home? Oh, yeah. We couldn't finish watching Bob's Burgers. It's my fault. Oh, my goodness. Well, this, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a problem. Now you're right, <laughs> right in mid-fall. Uh, so, yeah, I'm off my game. You're cutting the cable. You cut the wrong cable. I know. The cable, the cable you didn't the red cut one. is crapping out now. You always cut the red one. You're in a good mood tonight for somebody who's solo dadding. Well, you know, I'm just I'm really psyched for that 5.30 a.m. wake-up call tomorrow. So That assumes that uh, Daisy doesn't want to have outsies earlier, right? No, I, I wake her up with the 5.30 thing. She's still asleep you, at that you point. You do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. She hmm. wakes up. Both of us wake up with my alarm, and both of us are not happy about it. Aww. She was so cute on uh, Robot or Not. Yeah, she's a barker. She's, she's a getting, sweetie pie is what she is. Getting pretty bar- Today, we went to the park to give her some time to run around, and she did her usual thing where she runs out of our non-fenced-in dog park. Oh, this is this is my next door, I guess. <laughs> uh, we, have a, we have a dog park near my house that has a fence, but the fence is basically a straight line on one side of the park, and that's mm-hmm. it, right? So mm-hmm. dogs aren't that smart, but, you know, like, that's it. <laughs> I understand but, the basics of fence. Right. They come to the end of the fence and see that there's no more fence. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can do about that. Um, so fine. So maybe like, oh, they didn't have the funds to put an actual fence around the dog park. In which case, This is an off-leash dog park, mind you. Like, it's the purpose of this park. You have to get a license for it. It's purpose-built for as oh, an wow. off-leash dog park with the fence along one edge. And, and you know, this is this is why it's next door. In, in informal discussions with other dog owners in the park, the question often comes up, why don't they put a fence around the entire officially sanctioned 
off leash dog park because then you know yeah. the dogs couldn't get out of well, they make the, park. the park out of fence exactly uh and the thing that has been proffered is that one subset group click clan uh of the dog park does Cabal. not want it to be fenced yes does not oh, does not want the fence to go away. so the dog can have adventures unclear my best theory is that that clan comes from a different direction to the dog park, and they feared there would be no gate there, but that doesn't really make any sense because just put a gate there and you'll yeah. be fine. Either way, uh, no fence. So uh, my dog, Daisy, loves to just say, I'm out of here, and goes up an incredibly steep hill, too steep to climb in many places, but not for a dog, into the backyards of people's houses that border the park, and then often onto the road, uh, mm. in front of those people's houses and just wherever the hell wants because at one point she found an entire dead fish behind one of their houses. Like the skeleton of a dead fish plus the head on it. Huge, huge fish. Like maybe three feet long, complete fish head, complete fish skeleton. So now she's obsessed with up there because, hey, there was a dead fish there Do you think she remembers that? Maybe, oh, maybe not. she remembers it. She goes I bet back she doesn't to the remember same... it in the way that we do, but I bet she's imprinted on that area as someplace where there's some good fish. Yeah, she goes back to the exact spot still. This was like months ago. She goes back to the exact spot where the fish was and every place else, all through their backyard. She's also found chicken bones and stuff back there. I don't know if these people are composting or composting badly. I don't know how a, a bunch of bones of fish that big get behind their house. I mean, I don't think the fish fell from the sky. Anyway, mm. she's obsessed with going back there. She doesn't listen. She won't come back to you unless you have food. And foolishly, I went to the park today on a whim and didn't have any treats with me. So I got her to come back to me by pretending like I had one. She sniffed my hand, saw that there was no treats in it, turned tail and ran away. So then I had to go back down into the dog park, down the treasure hill again, borrow a dog treat, go back up the hill and get her to come over to me again. During this time, she luckily did not wander off into the road and die. But that could have happened at any point. Aren't dogs supposed to be loyal? I mean, she doesn't understand the, the fear, you know, that she could be killed by a car. Sure. She she has not made that connection. I'm not sure how you, you know, kids, you can explain to them. Dogs, I don't know. All right. So she just thinks she's having a grand old time because you go to the park and we let her frolic, right? Yeah, right. And But she doesn't want the frolicking time to end, especially if she thinks there's a chance she's going to find a fish. So she doesn't want to come back and go get back, put back on the leash. So I think <sighs> if I just left the park, I think eventually she would come down and miss me. But mm-hmm. during the time before she decides that she's done frolicking, she could wander into the road and die. So there is some urgency of us trying to get the dog down. This is just me today. So this is just me climbing up the frozen hill, trying not to kill myself as my dog runs through everyone's backyards. I wonder if these poor people think I'm constantly in their backyards yelling my dog's name. Hopefully most of them aren't home. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing that. It's not fun. Uh, I mean, she's got the calm. GPS on her. I can calm. track track where you know she she has fun at the park with her dog friends but the thing is like once one dog like leaves the park you know because there's no fence they can just leave to go back onto the trail or whatever in any direction and she's like i'm gonna follow you dog friend and then she's like oh wait this is where that fish is up the hill she goes and once she goes up the hill it's all over so i really wish that our dog cart had a Defense. Interesting. It is, a, it is, as they say, a random walk where like there's a series of like little triggering coincidences that end up taking her back to the fish spot. Yeah, I should send you a screenshot from my GPS tracking app to see where my dog goes during her during her uh, excursions. Uh, but I would this uh, like when I'm climbing up this hill, right? This frozen like frost and ice covered hill filled with brambles 
and you know just this terrible place and i'm trying to hold my phone while i'm doing it which is not easy because then you're going to fall and put your phone to the ground um and i'm thinking how much would it cost if i just paid for it myself mm-hmm. to fence around this entire park yeah uh, could it be more than twenty thousand dollars I'd pay twenty thousand yeah, dollars. Like ballpark orders of magnitude. What's it going to cost? It's it's definitely more than twenty dollars, and it's probably less than twenty million. Yeah, what's it going to take to get to get this park into a fence today? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have? Um, I mean, I feel like I obviously know the answer to this, but you, you, have you made friendships with with dogs and their people? Do you have people there that you hang out with? Does oh, she yeah, have doggy I know, well, friends? I, I can. You know, this is this is a cliche dog park thing, but I know all the dogs and I know some of the people. Right. But she's she's made friends. Does she have people she likes or like dogs she likes to play with? Sure, yeah, she's got a lot of good friends. She's been going there since she was uh, just a baby puppy. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Next door's crazy. I got um, I got mobbed up in this other app. Un, I don't want to say unrelated to Next Door, but unaffiliated with Next Door. But there's this app now runs in um, New York City and San Francisco. It's called Citizen, and you, you log into Citizen. You, if you're having sense, you give them a fake name. You log into this thing, and uh, you can get push alerts when there's 911 calls in your area. And uh, it's been a hell of a ride because I learned about it because, of course, whenever anything happens on Citizen, as you can probably guess, people immediately dive in to uh, Nextdoor to then talk about it. Let's see. Let's see what's new here. You got uh, passenger threatening driver, man threatening woman with knife, fight in alley, assault, man jumping on cars. Man behaving clear, you're, you're, you're only looking at your neighborhood when you do these next doors. It's not like you're you're wandering the United States and looking at next door for towns in, in different areas. This is just your neighborhood. Yeah, for next door, you go in and identify the neighborhoods you want to see. The well, neighborhoods from from whose stuff you want to draw, and uh, I've selected ones that are adjacent to mine. And then with this this horrible citizen app, you go in and you like uh, you can zoom in and stuff, or see see what's trending. Oh, God. Teenager displayed handgun. Oh, that's, that's nice. That's down at the mall. It displayed. It's like it was in a nice yeah. glass case. Pretty nicely labeled. Uh, it's great. It's, it's also, it's reverse. You know, it's kind of like reading Twitter. So at the you start at the bottom. Incident reported. A dingle and dingle. Uh, SFPD officers are responding to a report of a man behaving violently. Third update. According to the 911 caller, a Latino man was jumping on parked cars. Next one. The man appears to be under the influence of an illicit substance, the caller speculates. Officers are on the scene and have detained the man. So that's good. An illicit substance. Yeah. Illicit. I think illicit is probably not the word they want if, if it was alcohol. Right. I don't think alcohol is illicit. Maybe they thought it was the angel dust. Oh, look at you in your walking pattern. That's not the walking pattern. That is Daisy's pattern. Oh, because she's got the GPS. Yes. The off-leash dog park is the... This, the lower section, there's like a baseball diamond. Used to be a baseball not, diamond? Not the off the, the fence, by the way, is between the baseball diamond and the other thing. The lower fields is entirely an off-leash dog park area. Oh, and nice. she hangs out there, and then she says, you know what? I'm going up that hill. And you can't see it because this is not a topological map. But from from the, uh, uh, the southwest? trail is it to the, the southwest? Road, where? Oh, there's like, there's like a little uh, densely treed southwestern sort of edge by the fake baseball park at the bottom? Uh, northwest. Look where look where the orange line goes. Oh, of course. So oh, you, you I see. You can see where the fish is. See where all the dots are clustered? That's more or less where the fish was. <laughs> you can see these poor people's houses and their backyards, and that is a very steep 
climb from the little trail up to the road. And there's the neighborhood roads that she gets into and wanders around. My trail would look even more pathetic. It's basically following her trail. And then I usually try to get on the roadside so I can try to shoo her back down towards the hill. But Right. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Fracture. You can learn more about Fracture right now by visiting FractureMe.com. You guys know Fracture. Fracture is the company that can take your favorite images and print them directly onto glass for you to display in your home. They are so terrific. I have Fractures. I love Fractures. Hey, heads up. With Valentine's Day coming up, Fracture makes the perfect thoughtful gift. Fractures are handmade in Gainesville, Florida from U.S. source materials, and their sleek, frameless design goes with any decor. Ordering is super simple. This is true. It's crazy simple and fun. And your fractures come ready to display straight out of the box. They even include the wall hanger. Hey, that's how fuss-free the fracture experience is. And Fracture is a green company operating a carbon-neutral factory that they lovingly refer to as their Fractory. Isn't that fun? Uh, I have made fractures, and I gotta tell you, it is so fun to make them on the site. They make terrific gifts. Here is my tip to you. Go on to your iPhone device or similar and go look at your favorites. Look at ones you've given a little heart to. Go look at some photos that you have taken in the last few months. Maybe it's your family. uh, Maybe it's your cat or dog. But go and look at those and look at the photos that you treasure and would like to see somewhere besides on your phone. Pro tip, those make for excellent fractures. It's FractureMe.com. Fracture prints are a great addition to any home, and they really do make amazing gifts. It's time to rescue those photos that are hidden away on your devices. So head on over. You go to FractureMe.com to get started and see how sleek fractures look. And when you use the very special offer code DIFFS, that's D-I-F-F-S, you will get 15% off your first order. Go to FractureMe.com, open it in your browser right now. I'm checking. And use that offer code DIFFS for 10% off. And please don't forget to pick Reconcilable Differences in their one-question survey, as it really does help to support the show. Our thanks to Fracture for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. It's not my fault. I can't. I, I said. I said I can't control the weather. I can't control the cable. That's just. That's just two. I'm just starting with the two really obvious ones. You know what I'm saying? Do you remember that when we were kids that the weather would affect? Uh, obviously, for antenna. The weather would affect television, but I think also in the early days of analog cable, the weather would affect oh, sure. television. Yeah, uh, my friend Alex's cable goes out when it gets too cold. Still, her internet basically gets real slow when it gets cold. Your friend Alex, which Alex are you talking about? Alex Cox. All right, there you go. Yeah, just, you yeah. said it like it was some other person. Well, I try not to talk about my other programs. You don't like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's sick right now. She's got the flu. She didn't get I a flu saw. shot. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Mm. They say it's an epidemic. Yeah. Well, that's what you get for going to work. You're lucky. You just go to your office where your own germs are. Other people's germs yeah, aren't Or the there. school where hundreds of kids' germs are. Oh, well, yeah. You got to go there. Where did we go just the don't, other don't day? Anything. Oh, yeah. There's this really great museum in Golden Gate Park called uh, the California Academy of Sciences. It's a really, really, really nice museum. Kind of costly, but really, really, really fun. But like, we had a really nice day. We went early. It's nice to get to a place like that early. You know, you can get into the um, planetarium, you go into the rainforest, you do all the stuff, go to the aquarium. But man, I was washing my hands all day. It's just like, oh, there's so many boogers in here. So many boogers. Yeah. We've been spared so far. We've been very lucky. My, both two of my wife's staff are out right now. 
We went through a family cycle of colds and we're all coming out of it. And, and luckily, none of them were that bad. I'm hoping that we've dodged the worst of it. But who knows? You sound better. Yeah. No, that was it was a tough couple of weeks of just stuffy nose. But I'd rather, you know. And the snot. Yeah, suffer so through that. So much snot. So I see you put a, you put a bunch of mini topics in there. Uh, well, I'm trying to know what topics. it is. This is it's, we're probably near the end of our relationship. I wanted to, I want to start living it up. So I, I put in some uh, new topics. Uh, I put in uh, one new mini topic. I moved a couple of things around. We can still talk about Patriot if you want. I think there's still much to discuss. We barely touched on Patriot on my other program. Mm. And plus, this is a, an entirely different audience. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel like I've been disloyal. Yeah, you have been. Just you're supposed just to be like my left fan- partner. Fantastic, Mr. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Supposed to be, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. You're one step ahead of me today. I'm still, my brain is still. Um, my brain's a pudding. I, I, I can't control the cable. I'm changing DNSs. I'm trying everything. You All right. So the, the one mini topic, I can't find it anywhere. But the one thing I wanted to get into before we get into some other stuff, because I keep forgetting it. And because like so many other things, it keeps coming up in your other programs. Mm-hmm. No. No. <laughs> what do you think it is? This is no, this is good. I'm not going to talk you... about that here. What do you think it is? You want to shame me, and I will not be shamed by you. I do not want to shame you at After all. After we have discussed it on my anything. other program, I will discuss it with you. Well, then what do you think it is? I know what it is, and you're going to make me look like a dork. Send, and you're going to make fun of the, me. Send it in the super secret channel. So yeah, I, I don't need con- to. Scoot, scoot. Confirm. Yeah, why? You talk about it on the other show. Why can't we talk about it here? It was in these notes. It was in our notes first. They'll, they'll shame me in a different way that I can handle. I'm I can't not going to shame you. you. I just want to talk to you about it. It's not all about shaming. Jeez. <sighs> If you show anybody a photo of something, all they look at is things in the background. If you tell somebody about a wonderful time you're having with a new thing in your life, all they want to know is how much it costs. And they become famous for being the guy who's buying expensive You already said that on the other show, and I wasn't going to ask you that show. anyway. I can handle that on that show. I can't handle that here. Why? Why? I bought, a segue. I, bought a segue. I, I bought a segue a few months ago, and I love it. It's probably the greatest thing I've ever owned. All right. So let's, let's, talk, let's talk about this. Um, you, know, you know the episode where we talk about the segue on Dubai Friday will be out before this one comes out. It's already out. I already listened to it. Yeah, yeah, about? yeah. But you don't talk about the after show. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, there may have been a challenge involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what what made you decide to do this? Um, I was reading. I guess like a, probably like most people, when the original segue came around, there's a whole famous thing with Steve Jobs saying, "Oh, this invention that's going to be announced tomorrow is going to change the way we design our cities." And then it came uh, how, out. How long ago was that? By the way, like I'm have, I have trouble with it remembering. Was it like I in the say late probably 90s? 2006, maybe? Was like around iPhone. I'm gonna time? guess about two. I'm gonna guess about 2006. All right, so maybe like a decade ago. That was like se- Segway Mania was sweeping the nation. Whoa! Inception 2001. Is that possible? Is it that old? This precedes OS 10. I don't. I don't remember. I do remember the big, the big fad of you know this thing's coming out. Like you said, the Steve Jobs quote. Uh, yeah. Everyone's wondering what it was, and then when it came, we we're all kind of waiting to see what the deal would be. But we're way past that now, right? So now it's kind of but like. But at the faded. time, I mean, it got for for probably very good reasons. It got a, uh, it got a real. It was it was real dorky. It was real stupid looking. And then Waz bought like sixteen of them and drove them around in cars so he could play polo. And you got Job, and uh, you know, and then you see cops riding them now. That's kind of what people use those stand up handlebar segways for. What I missed along the way. Well, first of all, I should also say I skipped over the entire hoverboard, quote unquote, hoverboard mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. I was tempted at one point to get like a nice one of those, but they just didn't seem very well made. The ones that were, there was all kinds of supposedly problems with uh, electrical problems and fires and shorting out electricity in the house and stuff like that. So I, I avoided that completely. I'm not sure how it started. I somehow um, 
Might have been looking at YouTube. I saw a review for this relatively new model of Segway that doesn't have the big handlebars. It's a lot smaller. It goes a lot further. It holds a lot more charge. And the reviews were like uniformly really good. And I thought, hmm, that looks really interesting. So it doesn't. Uh, I, can you send me a picture of the thing? Because I'm trying to. I haven't drawn a picture. It doesn't have the handlebars, but it's not. But it's not like hoverboard. To just look at it as it's whizzing by, you would think of it. On the face of it, I think it probably, without closer inspection, it does look more like a scooter uh, or a uh, hoverboard than it does a, according to Hoyle Segway. Because part of what defined the Segway was those giant wheels, the big mast up the middle, and then those handlebars, right? It looked like a chariot. So, but this is name brand, like the whatever, the inventor of this thing. Like, this is not a, a like a knockoff or no, it's like a Segway. A, it's a premium Segway mini Segway. I see it. Okay. So it's got, it's got, it does have a stick poking up from it, but the stick goes to about your knees. Yes. That is how you steer. Mm-hmm. And it's got the full gyroscope thing. Um, and you steer really, I mean, they said this about the original Segway, but it's really true with this. So you, you don't even like, you know, it's not like you're going turn left. You just kind of, your body kind of knows what to do to make it mm-hmm. turn. Um, yeah. So that, that's the, the, the basics. And I mean, there's more to it than that in terms of my own kind of dumb, experiments and explorations with life that i can talk uh, but, about but where but uh, so you did you like see this on tv hear about it on a podcast watch a video on it, i, saw, like, just I came... saw a video review of it on youtube and i thought mm-hmm. that looks pretty cool and then i watched some more video reviews and then i read some online reviews and it sounded like a like an interesting thing so when you're watching these videos and you're visioning your future life with this you're thinking this is what i'm going to do with this what what did you have in mind uh a great deal of the travel that I do is, um, number one, definitely within a mile of my house, sometimes two miles of my house. Um, second, all navigable via sidewalks without getting on a road except across a street. And third, mostly manageable in terms of hills. I haven't encountered a hill that this can't handle, oddly enough. I mean, it slows way, way down. It has to govern the, mm-hmm. you would know better than me engineering-wise, but it doesn't. so it doesn't freak out. It slows way down on a very uh, steep hill, but it fits right into the slot of like my, the lifestyle, the life that I'd like to have, which is not needing a car to do stuff that doesn't need a car. And it's real, real good for doing stuff like within a mile. And it's got a, it's got a 14 mile range, but um, I would never, I don't think I'd go six or seven miles from the house in it. Did the big one with the big stick, did it have a place like for you to put like uh, luggage or groceries? Like could you hang them off the handle? Like panniers or, that- or a basket? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that, that one is, it seems like kind of a brilliant proof of concept in retrospect where it's like, I mean, I think they were very, very heavy. This thing weighs probably, I don't know, 40 pounds maybe, but it has an assistive mode where it can like kind of, it gets easy to wheel around. If you kind of pop it up, pop the telescoping thing up and go boop, you can kind of like pull it around with you. So I can like go into a supermarket or whatever with it. Um, yeah, the, the other one was like, it's sort of a, it was an odd bird, right? I mean, you could see it for something like the obvious application would be something like being at a convention. Like I remember when I would go to conventions back in the day, people would always ride bikes or scooters to get around like Moscone. I mean, I could see a big segue being good for that, but I don't know. I don't, I, that might be a bridge too far in terms of what I would ride around my neighborhood. I'm mostly relatively not very interesting looking when I'm riding this. I don't get as many weird looks as I expected. Too bad you already stole that name for your diet, huh? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's, I mean, 
a lot of it was, I just thought that I needed, I deserved a treat and I wanted this, but Uh it it really does fit into Dan and I kind of got into it about this on back to work last week where I was, I don't know, you know, Dan likes cars and he's in a suburban stuff. And Uh I think I made him a little mad talking about how I find it frustrating that I feel like, I feel like whether you like or don't like cars, I do still feel like there's a pretty, pretty widespread mindset that cars are somewhat inevitable for now, or maybe even not forever, but that I feel like I, I, I'm in the position to be able to use different ways of getting around, whether that's walking, public transit, ride sharing, gig economy, in this case, Segway. Like there are a variety of ways to get around and I'm, I want to experiment with that. So this fits into that. And yes, I do feel like a dork a little bit, but it's so fun. It is so ridiculously fun to ride. And it goes like 10 miles an hour. When I ask you how you envision yourself doing it, you didn't list like uh, like that it would be for recreation. Like not because you have a place to go and you're interested in alternate modes of transportation, but just because like it might be a fun thing to do uh, recreationally. That wasn't one of your yeah, – I mean, for saying sure. it's fun to do it, but do you ever go out and say, I'm going to go for a Segway ride. You have nowhere to go. You just want to like, – like, like when you're a kid and you go out for a bike ride, you yeah, don't have yeah, anywhere yeah. to go. You're just riding your bike because it's fun to ride bikes. Well – uh, did I guess that or do I do that or both? Did I guess that? Well, I mean, kind of, I I guess I figured that if I liked it, I figured it was going to be harder to ride than it is and require more concentration than it does. So yeah, I definitely in recreation, if you want to call it that I had in mind as of right now, sometimes on the weekend, like when we're trading off duty to do our own thing, I'm like, I'm just going to go take a Segway ride because it is, it is so fun to just go wherever. It's, it's really, it's really, I mean, it's one thing to say like, oh, you know, will humans ever have wings? Well, this is as close as you're going to get to wings, like on terra firma. It's very, it's very exciting and fun and weirdly relaxing. It's sometimes I'll just sit around, like stand around in the garage and just do like figure eights with it. Cause it's just so fun to just manipulate the same way that you might enjoy like a game mechanic. It's really just fun to manipulate. I don't just, just to be clear though. I mean, I don't have, I'm not here to say that like I'm the Ed Begley of Western San Francisco. Cause I'm not, it was not, it was not, there was not any one idea in mind, but I can say that, um, for myself, it's been a fantastic. I, okay. So here's another one. Like my kid's school, uh, thank God is fairly near where we live. So like when we do volunteer stuff, like we recently had the carnival where I inevitably have to go home to get an extension cord, or I inevitably have to go home to get scissors. I inevitably have to go home to get binder clips. There's always something, and we're the closest house. So uh, this was fantastic at that because it cuts the travel time by two thirds, and I'm I'm back in no time at all. Little dumb things like that. So I mean, I can't call this success. Uh, I can't call this a success because I didn't really have much standards for my hypothesis. But in terms of having it and using it, it's it's probably one of the most fun things I've ever owned. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com. Enter the offer code DIFFS at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Team, please make your next move with Squarespace because Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store or a portfolio or a blog. Heck, you can even create a podcast. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There is nothing to install, no patches to worry about, and no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. 
because Squarespace has got you covered. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name and all of those gorgeous award-winning templates. They're beautifully designed and help you show off your great idea. They're also responsive, so they look great on any device or dingus. I've been using Squarespace for longer than I can remember. I use it for my personal site. I use it for my other personal site. And I even use it for the podcast Roderick Online, where we publish all of the episodes and the show notes and everything, all just with Squarespace. They make it so easy. I can really recommend them. Uh, crazy part is that Squarespace plans start at just $12 per month. But you, you right now, the listener, can go and start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, please use the offer code DIFFS, that's D-I-F-F-S, that gets you 10% off your first purchase, and it shows your support for Reconcilable Differences. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So how how is it that... Uh... And transporting items besides yourself. You, you go back and get a pair of scissors, sure. But like, yeah. do you go like, uh, you have like two bags of groceries in each hand no. and still going with this? Or? No, I, I mean, you could, but I wouldn't. I have not, uh, knock on wood, I have not eaten it hard on this thing. I've never gone over or anything. Like I'm, but I do keep that in mind because you're going to have to jump off this thing at some point. You know what I mean? And if you're going, you know, I'm usually hovering around five or six miles per hour, but if I was, if I were going 10 miles an hour and starting to go downhill and I hit a bump, I would not want to be carrying two or three grocery bags while I was doing it. But I have a giant backpack that I put stuff in and Mm -hmm. I'll sometimes carry something like a 12 pack of seltzer. But uh, for the kinds of little, like just around the neighborhood errands, like go to, go to Safeway, go to the ATM, all the kind of usual dumb stuff. um, It's been good for that. But no, no, I, I don't, I don't, I have not tried carrying a lot of stuff, and I don't think I would try carrying a lot of stuff. Helmet or no helmet? I wish I could be truthful and feel good about it. No helmet. Right. Do they? Does this is another interesting question? In the like whatever instruction manual or whatever the kinds oh, of yes. things, do they do they tell you to use? Helmet? Oh yes, 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 yes. And I should, and I should. I misplaced it somewhere in the garage, and I looked for it a little, and I couldn't find it. And my daughter is not into riding on it. She's very scared of it. She fell off at one time, and she doesn't mm-hmm. want to ride it again. Oh, so it's mostly mine. And no, I should. I mean, I know I should. So would you, have you, speaking of meeting people at the dog park, yeah. do you see, uh, do you have Segway buddies? Zilch. Do you see people? Not, you, are the, you are the lone Segwayer? There's way more people who vape. Um, <laughs> you can find plenty of vape buddies. We know that. I should vape. I would you, look, you can find plenty <laughs> of hood stomping buddies. I would, so, I would look so good ripping some sick cotton on this thing. I would look so good. Have you shown up on next door yet? Report a suspicious man without a helmet on on Segway. I can't believe you're asking me this because that is the literally the one thing. Like people who know me seeing me, that would be kind of embarrassing enough. The mm-hmm. one thing I'm afraid of is I know it's going to happen. I know at some point I'm going to see it, and I think I even know who it's going to be. Well, yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Other than you not wearing a helmet, I'm not sure what they would report you for doing. Well, they would do what everybody on Nextdoor does, which is take something they barely understand and then make a lot of guesses and make stuff up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they'll think, uh, well, <laughs> I think you don't have use of your legs. You're like, you're like a cyborg. That's not funny. <laughs> you're like a centaur. <laughs> 
That would be funny. Has anybody else seen the boy centaur? <laughs> I said no one was supposed to be in the area. Uh, no, um, I there there are downsides to it that I think will get improved over time. Um, one of the main ones being that it's so you imagine like standing on these. You 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 got a picture, right? You can see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So you're standing on this. You get a sense of how wide this thing is. I mean, it's pretty wide. So like if in this case, if I'm walking around the grocery store, picking up a few things, carrying this thing or like driving this thing around. It's, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. When you go indoors, what, what happens to the thing? You just push it in front of you like a like a stroller? No, I do it sort of beside me. Hmm. Sort of like, so just I'm walking. Keep moving. Mm-hmm. And. It's not get very. Get your segue out of the way. Get the segue out of the way. It's not very elegant in that way. But I mean, it's, it's so in the pocket for the kind of dumb stuff that I do. So like yesterday I decided, I mean, I've been hankering for uh, roasted chicken parts. So I said, Hey, I'm going to go to Safeway. So I busted over to the, uh, the Safeway, come back with it back in no time at all. You don't, you don't chain it up outside like a bike. It's got a thing called this, I think it's called safety mode. It's got, but I mean, it's, it's stupid. It's not like you can, I mean, if they had any sense, they'd make it so you could lock it out. You know what I mean? If they had any sense, mm-hmm. I think well, they would make you it. Just pick it. You just pick it up and carry it away, right? Like a thief would. Well, you, you need to yes, chain it to something. Yes, but I think I think one improvement would be so it has this mode where like you can leave it turned on and it'll stand in place because it, mm-hmm. it balances. Yep. Um, and so you you can do this safety mode where basically it'll like I think it'll make a noise and like a guess alert you on your phone if you're in within Bluetooth <laughs> so, range. So you'll be alerted immediately when your thing is being stolen. Oh, great! Look, my thing is being <laughs> well, stolen. There it goes. Bye bye. I mean, the more sensible thing would be to basically say, I mean, I guess I haven't tried this yet, but to have it basically not be able to turn back on unless you mechanically altered it, mm-hmm. like basically movement DRM or something like that. I don't know what you're no. talking about, but, but um, no, that's, that's not, this is not, um, uh, contrary to what Steve says, I, I don't think they're going to change the way that cities are being designed for this particular device. It might change the way that uh, supermarket uh, aisles are being designed because you, you're pulling, pushing those thing alongside you and taking up double width in the supermarket aisle. That yeah, seems, yeah, that's that true. Seems an- antisocial. It's a little antisocial. The but I also um, I keep in mind that I am I look like a very weird and scary person coming towards somebody on like the sidewalk. So I'm very conservative in how I drive around people and dogs mm. and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> have, you, have you run over any small children yet or no? I haven't. My biggest concern is curious dogs. <laughs> <laughs> curious rat boy. dogs. Because, <laughs> boy, whew. Uh, <laughs> I can see them coming after me. Uh, you can change the lights to be the way you want. So my only concern with this thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not actually the safety thing because you know, 10 miles an hour is not that fast. And like I said, you can bail off. It depends off on the time. situation. I mean, anybody could, anybody could hurt themselves really bad on this if you're not paying attention. Yeah, I know. But I feel like, especially if it's easy to ride, you don't feel like, you know, you feel like you're under control. My main concern though is like, I see, I see the convenience of, you know, shortening trips and being able to get around. But like, part of the, part of the promise of your, of your lifestyle that you're living, your carless lifestyle. Like that everything is, you know, close by, that you're in a city, you don't need to have a car, you don't have to deal with parking or traffic. Part of the promise of that is also that you get routine exercise. And this seems like it's robbing you of at least some of that exercise. hundred percent. You are so, you're, because it is so much fun to be on, not because you're lazy, but because, you know, it's more fun. 
to be on that. And the same could be said for bicycles, honestly, because, you know, right. like, oh, we should bike everywhere, but it's so much easier to bike than it is to walk. Um, I don't know. I'm just... No, that's, you're, you're that's, totally right, and I've seen it. I've seen it in my step count. Um, and my streaks have gotten broken a lot more lately. Not least because, at the very least, if I walk to my office and walk home, <clears throat> that's, you know, that is... A, you know, okay amount of walking, a small amount of walking, but it's walking, you know, and some walking is better than none walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like when I pick my kid up from school, I can't really do it because, you know, that's kind of weird. <laughs> because it feels a deadly embarrassment or no, 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 no. Well, cause of her, oh, get over it. Um, no, no, it's just that, I mean, like then one of us would be on it and the other of us wouldn't. And yeah, I think she's probably a little embarrassed that I would come buzzing up at school. Well, you put her on your back like Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> the lady at the planetarium told a really good, uh, really good yoda joke right <laughs> yeah why is five scared of six because oh, six yeah. seven eight it's pretty good pretty good it's nice nice twist on seven eight nine <laughs> i thought the same thing i was the only person laughing well it really it really depends on the quality of the yoda impression right and whether she warned the people us in the that room, she had a not very good it, yoda. it works great on uh, 40 to 50 year old men mm-hmm. uh what about ones that are older than 50? Who <laughs> segues? Yeah. Um, and thank you for not yelling at me about cars. I hope you understand that my actual position is not that I hate I don't. Cars. I don't know what I'm supposed to be yelling at you about cars for. Well, because you're a car guy, and I, I, I'm reluctant to make people think. I'm actually still kind of responding to email about this, even though I beg people not to email me about this. <clears throat> um, it, is not, it is not that I hate cars or I won't use cars. I'm, it's the mindset of this will not change in my lifetime that depresses me. And I want to put my time and my money and my bones where my mouth is to like try and find uh, different options. And this is one that just happened to be really, really fun. Um, you know, but there is something to go back to your point though. I mean, yeah, I, I, I am getting fewer steps and I'm, I need to, you know, cause getting to my office, I mean, as I think, you know, I live and work very close. It's a very short trip. But I mean, it's a really, really short trip with this. Um, so yeah, I need to get back on the walking thing. That's the other thing that's nice about walking is just how, I don't know, like when you got a car, you got to park it, you got to worry if it's getting broken into, which is a huge problem here. You know, you got to worry about all the different stuff about that. And there's some, there's something really nice about walking where you go, I'm going to walk to this place and you go, oh, well, you know, I don't really feel like walking home. I'll take the train home or the bus home. Or I'll get a lift home or whatever. It's not, when you're really, it's just you and a backpack. You have like limitless options, not limitless, but, but much more, um, free number of options. And I do feel a little cur- curtailed. Like I, I don't know if I've even taken this on public transit yet. It would take up more space than I'm comfortable with. You're taking it. Well, people take those three wheeled, uh, giant strollers on public transport. So you shouldn't feel too bad. Although I guess those are technically transporting children. And this is just transporting yourself. But you know that phrase everybody uses the last mile. I mean, I think this is a nice solution for the last mile. Um, it's the kind of thing where God, I used to have the stupidest commute. Um, so when I met my lady and when we moved in together, uh, it was a nice coincidence that we both worked, I don't know, less than five miles. I mean, <laughs> it was definitely a drive, but like we both worked in on the peninsula in Silicon Valley. And she worked at Stanford and I worked in Menlo Park. You can look it up, it's pretty close. But like we tried doing that with public transit. So that's like you leave our house at like 5 or 5.30 a.m. You take a streetcar to Van Ness. From Van Ness, you take a streetcar to Embarcadero. Embarcadero, 
or excuse me, to, um, to the end of the line. You get on Caltrain, hope you made it on the express train. Didn't make the express train, you get a coffee and you wait. You get on the Caltrain, that's another 45 minutes. So we were commuting for like, I don't know, I think it's sometimes three or four hours a day versus it would be 35 minutes if we took a car. But I mean, then the other part of it was like, once you got to where you're going, now you got to get from where the train is to where your office is. And I would say for things like that, this is a really good fit. You know, if you've, if you're the kind of person that lives in a central part of town where you don't have to make a, you don't have to, this is not germane to you. I don't know. What was the T? Is that what it's called in Boston? Yeah, I did. I did the, not as bad as you're describing, but I did a commute that could be uh, an hour to 90 minutes routinely in each direction. But you know, there's those kinds of, you get to the last mile is a good name for it because if it's half a mile, I mean, you can get it standing on your head. You know, even if it's raining, you could probably deal with that. But the idea of having to get from the last point of public transit to where you work or live, which is not an uncommon thing throughout America. I mean, you could probably draw a pretty neat infographic of how many people live within a mile of public transit but aren't taking it because that feels too far away and they don't have to park there and all that kind of stuff. This is a pretty good solution for that. It's not for everybody. This was costly. Um, it's uh, I don't know what kind of life I'll get out of this thing, but um, I think it's this is an interesting direction for certain ways of getting around, for sure. It's a California solution, though, because that thing is a non-starter if you had it here, because it'd be, you know, four months of the year, you can't use it. Yeah, true. But again, it's... So then what do you do for those four months? It's like, okay, well, this is fun during some part of the year, but for the rest of the year, I then I resign myself to a 90-minute commute? Yeah, I guess. But I mean, like, there's... Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, that this is not for you. But, like, there are a lot of options that aren't quite there yet, that need to start pushing out the option that's too far there right now. And that's cars. Cars are too far there. Like it's too easy to just get into this thing where you think of your car as the way you get to everywhere. And we build society around that. I'm going to stop now because I don't want to hear the, e- the emails about it. But um, were you the one who tweeted that uh, thing? It was some saying some old thing <laughs> from some, from some person. It was like, uh, yeah, it was pro- probably Horace. It was like, uh, God, I can't even remember now, but something like, uh, Poor industrialized countries have lots of cars. Rich industrialized industrialized countries have really good public transportation, or maybe not. Rich rich people have it, nice yeah, cars the, versus yeah. versus rich people take public transportation. That was it. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the idea is that, up. like in in yes, yes, you, you nailed it. But like in in like in Europe, like there's all kinds of like members of parliament take public transit. Yeah, so that you you arrive at a certain level of uh, a societal advancement where you know one level is like, oh, if you make it big, you'll be able to buy yourself a nice car, right? And the next level of societal advancement is uh, even the richest people take public transport because it is the least and more annoying way to get anywhere, and because the public transport is beautiful and clean and efficient and fun and you know. Yeah, and and I mean, what I, what I'm trying to say is. People are asking me about this, so I'm talking about it. I have no intention of becoming like one of those bike people that's always yelling at you. I, that's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not, I'm not saying go get rid of your car. I am speaking for myself. Just in the you sense. Didn't, you didn't have a car that you were getting rid of. This is not replacing a car. My for lady you. has a car. My lady has a car. And she, I mean, she's just on the other side of town and it's a 45 minute commute. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, is, I, know, this I is, mean, like, do you know well, the size of San Francisco? You, can you well, mentally imagine that a seven by seven town includes a forty-five minute commute, sometimes longer? It's bananas. She, it's not walkable or segwayable for her. She runs it? it sometimes. She bikes it sometimes. She runs it. Do you have showers at work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Um, and she's right next to the, you know, the gym. There's a gym right near where uh, her work. 
But um, no, I just want to be clear. Like, I just I don't want to come off as some kind of sour character. People ask me about this, so I'm talking about this, and that's why it, when you ask me why I got this, it's sensible for me to say it's because my own personal point of view is that this stuff is not going to change and get better until we start looking for something that's actively different from what we're doing right now. And this is one. This is just a personal thing, all right? I'm not here to advocate. I'm not going to hit anybody with a sign. It's just something where like this was a fun excuse for me to get better at this one thing. And so that's, that's why it's, this is not going to be an ongoing thing where I'm yelling at people all the time. Um, but I, I've seen the benefits of being able to do something besides get in a car and I would, could never go back. I wish they had these things at Disney. Cause that's nice. like, you know, it, you're not hurting for steps at Disney. Like you're going to get your steps in, but just maybe for the long legs to, to, and from the hotel, uh, just getting you know, from the, the hotel to the park. <laughs> Right, exactly. And then, yeah, fine, walk around all day. But at a certain point, you know, your legs are done. You're, you're, you're 40,000 steps into the day and you're like, you know what? A segue would be nice here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's where it is. I kind of, I kind of wish I'd gotten a different one. I think one of my co-hosts on another show might have gotten, but there's one you can get that will like follow you around when you have the app open. Mm. Mm. That's another thing. It makes it even easier for people to steal it. I guess. So, is it is it still one of the like physically it's the same thing, the mini thing with it's the uh I think it's the mini plus. It's like a single serving site here. It's not even the Segway site. It's I know, I Seg- know. Segway mini pro I gotta go to a whole different website to see what they're other. Yeah, there it is. Are. Go to Segways. Well, here I'll send it to you. Well they they still do make the one with the giant wheels. Well yeah, I think they're really popular at like for mall cops and police cops and all kinds of things like that. Whoa, what's going on with this? Oh, I see. Okay, so that's the middle thing. Yeah. They got a very they got a very stormtrooper vibe going on here. But, you know, not to sound needy, but wouldn't you admit that it, while it doesn't look cool, it is a good deal better than the thing Job's riding? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Really? You think the Job <laughs> one looks they looks this looks as dorky as I mean, as I that? guess the wheels are smaller, but I think this one has a more like prop from an 80s movie look going on oh, it. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Oh, I see the the following thing. So if you are a, on your way back from a cocktail party in your little black dress, this mm-hmm. will follow you. Yeah, look at her. <laughs> this, is, this is the uh, the thing that still drives me nuts. Like no matter what the product is, yeah. no matter what the product is, the product could be like a jock strap made to prevent your ball to, to protect your balls. They would advertise <laughs> it by putting a scantily clad woman next to it. That is a very, very short skirt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're like, uh, uh, you know, a a uh, a cleaning brush for your grill. Can we get a woman in a bikini to hold that? How about an oil filter? There's nothing it doesn't apply to. Yeah. Also, I could see this being fun for like a vacation, like this kind of vacations where you go somewhere. It's got lots of walking around. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I admit, I freely admit it was a crapshoot as a purchase and a crapshoot as a... a um, as a, a device to use, but uh, it has been so freaking fun. I can't even tell you how fun this thing is to ride on. So I'm trying to think of how this this interacts. Like in in many respects, like the a group of people that is in need of this type of transport, mm-hmm. uh, like old older people. You know, that's why like the, the rascal scooters and stuff like that. But I don't think this is a good fit for really old people because it requires you to stand. So I'm wondering if there's like. A revolution in the old person scooter market powered by this technology, but still enabling people to not have to 
balance and like break a hip or whatever? I don't know, man. Those um, there's uh, there's some people in our neighborhood that just fly around on those things. They are fast as hell on those things. The little rascally things. Yeah, but I feel like these these are more compact, don't you think? Like because they can balance on the two wheels. If they I don't just... know, man. It's like a lifestyle. It's like riding around on a backpack. There's this one guy who has a little sign for his notary service on the back and a big pennant. Maybe, maybe. and he's just he just flies around the neighborhood. He's a veteran. Mm, yeah. Does he, does he get behind you and honk his little horn? Does he run his way? <laughs> Mandelbaum. Some, Mandelbaum. Yeah. Sometimes those people are a little aggressive. On oh, those they can things. be terribly aggressive. Yeah. Hmm. So All right, there you well, go. I'm, I don't think I'm going to rush out and buy one, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thanks, man. Don't, don't <laughs> fall off and hit your head. Okay. <laughs> That's like the Christmas story. You get a thing. Mm-hmm. I'll be fine. Be First thing that happens you is you uh, go, uh, what is it, uh, ass over a tea kettle, and, and uh, your head lands right on one of those homeless spikes. Oh, God. Do you have those in San Francisco? Yes. That's, that's really like, that, that, <laughs> it's like a political comic, uh, political comic, a political cartoon. In real life, what you need is uh, the uppity San Francisco Segway rider impaling himself on the homeless bike. I saw a really good, I want to say, of course, a Vox video probably. There's a name for that. What do they call it? Uh, why cities are full of uncomfortable benches. Hostile architecture, that's the term. Yeah, well, there's there's the little slanty benches that you slide off of, but then there's the full-on like oh, medieval, like actual... Yeah, like oh, actual yeah. Well, there's spikes. all kinds of ones that'll just be like a garden of spikes because they don't want somebody to sleep mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. That bench thing was a, what an atrocity. Can you imagine that? <laughs> like, yeah, like just, it, the, the bench rejects you. It's yeah. Like, we, so, who is that so, for? So like, how unpleasant. And, and really, I don't like all of these things. Uh, that, first of all, obviously, they're terrible, right? Terrible idea, terrible implementation. But second of all, they seem like they would be so easily defeated. Like, you put a bunch of spikes there. What, you think I can't get a pile of you know, like right. stacks and stacks of cardboard or yeah, the other, way, you, way like, you throw like a rug over barbed wire. Right. In, in right. Like yeah. how, what is this? All it's doing is annoying people. It's annoying everybody. It's a hazard. Uh, it, it, the intention it communicates is terrible. Uh, and then I can't imagine it would actually even be, if, I mean, maybe it is effective, but like maybe because it's like, there's just, you know, path of least resistance. We'll go to the place, go to the place without the spikes, but right. So oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I guess I feel like um, the other one that's uh, very related is like anti-skateboarding stuff. Skateboarding I, is not a crime, Merlin. I know. I've seen the sticker. I feel like I saw that a lot more, especially in Florida. Um, so what do they do for anti-skateboarding? Because I don't remember that. Um, anywhere that you've got anything that could be, I don't know the name for the moves, but like anywhere that there's like a concrete bench, there will mm-hmm. be periodic like studs on the corners of it so you can't slide oh yeah yeah got there's it. that got there's like i on um, there's like a like uh by our uh, library there's this little wall they put this regular pattern of little metal frogs decorative frogs on mm-hmm. the edges mm-hmm. like oh, hey look it's decoration you're like no that's you're just being a it's just a challenge though especially the bumps and the things have you seen some of those people you told were you the one who told me about people who are awesome videos yep have you seen the people cutting stuff not 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 the knife skills one. <laughs> My wife has banned the knife skills from the house. <laughs> that one really intense bald guy. <laughs> We're not allowed to watch that anymore. <laughs> oh, the uh, the the uh, street the uh, street food vendors. Uh, but like you know, the cutting up cilantro or cutting up a melon. The people who are really good at like doing like kitchen skills with a knife. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, so good. 
My favorites are the, are the street vendors, street food vendors. Oh, they, they can like put together whether, like flip, flip, flip and grab, grab yeah, them with the tongs. A, a tacos yeah. or meat on a stick or sandwiches or, so, or, you know, whatever, like ice cream sundaes, like just, yeah. There's one, there's one I had to just keep rewinding. And because it was so low res, as yeah, many of these are, I kept thinking that it could be fake. But it's this, it looks like maybe, uh, I don't know, like maybe India or Pakistan. And this guy is making some kind of a spherical dumpling meatball something uh-huh. and he's just like he's whipping these things like click 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 he's making them really fast and he flings them what looks like about 15 feet through the air and they land in exactly the right place or like or like the guys you know rolling the barrels around these are very entertaining videos john i know well that's good stuff yeah you should tell me about these kinds of things there's one vine in the vine collections there's like these vines that we watch over and over and over and there's one vine with this, this guy, I want to say he's like drinking a beer. He's got like a bottle in his hand. He walks off the roof of a garage. He grabs the top of a slender tr- tree and the slender tree very gently delivers him to the ground and he just keeps walking. I'm trying to figure out why you find this one so impressive. I know exactly the vine you're talking about. And it's okay. Well, what I'm saying is, I don't know. I've, you would not believe how many different ways I've searched for that. Because I want to watch hours and hours of people doing stuff like that. I don't want to watch, what do they call it? Uh, street running or parkour. I don't want to watch people like, you know, doing flips on buildings. I want to watch people playing it off legit. Do you want to like watch the, the, the lemon guy? What's that guy? Lemons. How <laughs> <laughs> to make almond milk. Yeah. Almonds. <laughs> Water. <laughs> lemons. <laughs> is uh, and I, I don't know. You're all excited about Yaskat. Yas, but is 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 Yaskat? Did that did that go anywhere? Like, are there a hundred other videos of that same cat and that same person, or is that it? Is that the one? I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a funny way to discover this. Like, however long a year or more after Vine ends, to discover it through these YouTube many many YouTube compilations. And I'm only now realizing like which of these people like I want to go discover more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> leftovers i'm not a quitter anyway mm-hmm. uh did you ever get into these did you ever look at these i've just seen the three compilations you sent i've looked at those did any of those um, amuse I, you don't you think those are amusing a little some bit? of them are good some of them are okay i i used to what about what about chris chris is that a weed and then he dials 911 on the microwave that's one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life they used to be popular in my in my Twitter feeds that people would tweet them around, and there were some really really good. A lot of the a lot of the sort of magic tricky ones, like you know tricks of photography ones, yeah, are, were, are are neat. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's the thing is like that's what I didn't get is just that the way the compact storytelling of like sometimes less than six seconds, but just the way to do. There's one that one of the girl she's getting her books out of her locker, and yet she asks her friends to wait for her, and then she's driving away in the school bus like. That thing's like four seconds long, and it's it's just a such a great little short story. There's a lot on YouTube. Yeah, I get suggested a lot of different stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, as I say, once you're you're once you're feeding that into yes. the system, now it's just going to keep throwing them. Yeah, you can't just see my YouTube recommendations. YouTube is so confused because you're because your son. No, no, he he has his own account. Everyone has their own account, but just my own, like the the genres of things that i look at and it's like it's influenced by like whatever the last thing i've looked at is like there are yeah. there are whole genres i feel like videos. i feel like whatever i watched a lot of last night is going to come back the next day right but it does a good mix so like so the, the things i watch on youtube are car car videos so obviously it's gonna be throwing lots of car and there's a lot of them on youtube so there's lots to pull from there 
uh, video game stuff, specifically Destiny, there's also a lot of that that it can pull from. Mm-hmm. Meme things, then it's just like, you know, the whatever, every, things that everybody's watching, whatever the popular memes are, like these Vine collections and stuff like that. Um, math and, uh, like, earth science things that I watch uh, with my daughter a lot. Yeah. So, like, sort of educational videos uh, and stuff. And, like, maybe this, oh, and movie stuff, I guess. And the mix yeah, your of stuff those like, things, like Mikey, Mikey type stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. And all like uh, even all the ones like what that nerd writer mm-hmm. lessons from the screenplay, every frame of painting back when it was still a R. thing. Uh, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. And to see that stew down in like the recommendation section, you know, like on my home page or whatever. I mean, I have I, I mostly just look at my subscriptions. I can ignore the recommendations, but occasionally I wander over to the recommendation thing. It's like destiny video, car video, movie, and it's like. I don't know. I don't know what it, what I'm telling the system about myself, but it, it's very confused. And it's like it decides today you're a destiny person, and the whole page is going to be destiny. But tomorrow you're a car person. Yeah, I've noticed that too, though. But like what you're describing, is it comes. It seems to come sort of in waves. And like I say, I I feel like because my my YouTube viewing, I'll I'll watch videos and stuff like during the day, but honestly, my YouTube viewing at night has gone way way up. And that's where I feel like, you know, 22 hours ago, stuff I watched 22 hours ago is really coming up now. So like right now, what do I get? Seth Meyer, SNL, MSNBC, <laughs> The Trip, uh, impersonations of Michael Caine. Oh, we've been watching Kids in the Hall sketches. As a family? I've been curating. Hmm. Yeah. I get, I'm, I'm having to curate real hard on iClaudius right now. We just finished episode six, and we're really we're getting into the Caligula parts, and I got to do a lot of fast over. <laughs> mm, yeah, that John Hurt was a freak, baby. Woo! Uh, so what else? Flavanols, uh, yeah, Vox videos, of course. More vines, a lot of news stuff. So my recommendations today are math videos, uh, two Destiny videos, Beagle puppy barking for the first time. Aww. Yeah, uh, Tesla Model 3 review, uh, Star Wars Battlefront controversy video, Mm -hmm. two more Destiny videos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, how does the Beagle get in there? I'm going to click on it now. I'm going to click on the Beagle. Aw. I'm going to say this Beagle puppy is not barking for the first time. (laughs) First time being film barking. Exactly. (laughs) Maybe third take. Beagle puppy is very cute. I like that one of the little boy with the husky. Have you ever seen that one? Which one is that? Oh, we're teaching the, the dogs howling, and he's howling after him. It's very cute. We watch. We also look at a lot of. Uh, I follow some Twitter, some cute Twitter accounts. We'll look at. Uh, that's one of our wind downs. We'll do put you in a better mood on the Tumblr. Uh, my daughter and me, or we'll watch. Look at emergency kittens. Cute emergency. I've had it with the goat people. The goat people have got to stop repeating so much. There's too many repetitions. There's not that many goats. The How goats many goats? I mean, I guess there's dogs. a limited number of goats. We've reached peak goat. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Casper. You can learn more about Casper right now by visiting casper.com slash diffs. Casper is the company that is focused on sleep, and they are dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. You spend one-third of your life sleeping. If you spend a third of your life doing anything, you'd want to make sure it's as good as it could possibly be. And that's why you, yes, you, need Casper. Because Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans with engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry. It's got all the right support in all the right places. So you ask yourself, 
what goes into making a Casper mattress so comfortable? Well, I'll tell you. They combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Casper mattresses are designed and developed in the U.S., and their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night. And with over 20,000 reviews uh, and an average rating of 4.8 stars, Casper is very quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They deliver directly to your door, and if for any reason you don't love it, Casper has a hassle-free return policy. I happen to live in a household that sleeps on Casper. Uh, My whole family sleeps on Casper, except for the cat, because we frankly don't like her very much. Uh, It comes in this very small box. You take it out and kind of inhales. You have everything you need for a good night's sleep right there. It feels terrific. So please start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. You can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. And using the very special offer code diffs at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. That's casper.com slash diffs. And that offer code is diffs. Our thanks to Casper for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Should I explain what some of these mean? One's been on for a long time, changing your mind about stuff. I, I don't, I've tried to outline what I mean about that, but I think it's going to be, that would be boring. Politeness and the role of politeness. That's put on the I list. I put that one in there, mostly in reaction to hearing you talk about it in other shows, but I don't remember what the seed of it was. Euphemisms. When they're good, when they're one. dangerous. You put that one in there. I, I did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I've, I put something in here about talking more about reviews, but I'm not really sure what that was going to be. Oh, I, I, put, I think I put that in there. I, mean, I think it was me. Hmm. We said something about reviews, and it was, it was, we had one episode, uh, 33, where we talked about like how you use reviews. Mm-hmm. What was the other idea having to do with reviews? It wasn't about the camera. Writing, writing reviews? No, it was about, I forget what it was about. Rolling segue, we can take that off the list. Anyway, these all, these all seem too big. Yeah. How about Patriot? All right. You could do a shorty. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm really sorry, you guys. We're going to talk about the Amazon Prime Video series Patriot, which is available now on Amazon Prime. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you can still watch the, I will say, I think, very good first episode. is available on YouTube and probably other places. You don't want The Patriot. You want Patriot. Um, look for show art of like a guy sitting on a bed. Um, so after this, we will only be talking about the TV show Patriot. There you go. I'm all thrown off with this cable thing. This cable thing's got me all, all a Twitter. So you established, uh, on your other program, the Patriot is like, it's been out for a while. How old is the show? Well, Amazon does this thing where they will put out it's such a, it's so strange and it seems a little bit cynical, but they, they will put out a, um, a pilot for a show and I think they want you to watch it and like rate it and vote on it. And the idea on the face of it is like, Hey, we made one episode of this show. Let us know if you like it and we'll keep making it, which does not seem to me like how a TV show would work, but what do I know? Um, but uh, it looks like it came out. Uh, gosh, could it be f- February? I'm seeing reviews from Feb- the like uh, the third week of February last year. 
So, I mean, people said like it's been almost, I think, since a, like a year since the first episode came out. And then when did the series proper come out? November. Wait, that can't be right. Hang on. Original release, November 2015? That can't be right. Holy call the cops. Hang on. Okay. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. I'm on the internet science page. Mm-hmm. Episode one, Milwaukee, America. Original release date, date, date November 3rd, 2015. That's what I was saying. I think, I think you discovered that in the program and recently forgot about it. What, that's what makes me think like this is, this is such an oddity in the age of the internet when we have, have access even, to everything. John, I, they, so just to be clear then, episodes 2 through 10 dropped on February 23rd of 2017. I had not even heard the name of this show until a TV talk machine episode about the end of year lists. That's how much I heard about this show. Yeah, it just goes to show that like even even now when we can so easily search for everything and we think we know about everything, uh, you could still be surprised by a weird thing like this where there's like a two-year gap between the pilot and the show and you've never heard of <laughs> you it. You don't hear about it for 11 months. Yeah, even, I mean, even you mentioned The Leftovers uh, when you talked about this before, but even The Leftovers, like, the reason anyone knew about The Leftovers is because it's like, the next show from that lost dude who yeah. you may love or hate. Like, there was, there was like a pedigree to it. There's a reason you knew about The Leftovers was because it was a mm-hmm. show by this other person. So, yes, Leftovers was obscure and people didn't know about it, but you had a shot. Patriot, I don't know anything about anyone. Obviously, you recognize some of the cast members, but I don't know. It's not like it comes from, you know, from the maker of show that you liked comes a new show on Amazon called Patriot. Even even like Man in the High Castle stuff is like, oh, Philip K. Dick. Like, yeah. You know, you know, like there was this guy's this guy's done a few movies that I have no desire. Like I had no desire to see when they came out. He did like Happiness and a couple of things, but I don't know anything about Stephen Conrad at all. Did he write it, or is he just the showrunner? Um, I know there's him, there's this other guy, and there's this other guy. One of the other guys is the guy from Ally McBeal, whose name I can never remember, who's also in the cast of the show. The guy, why can I not remember his name? The guy with the Twizzlers? Yeah, no, I, I know who he is in the show. But no, Stephen Conrad, I think, uh, I'm not going to go back to this page now. Um... But no, to your point though, I, I know I, I did not know anything, anything. If I heard this, I don't, if I heard about it, I don't remember. It was just that, uh, they're doing their end of the year wrap up. And I remember Tim Goodman saying to, uh, to Jason that he made this number four and he felt like by the time he was done writing it, he felt like it probably should have been higher. And I was like, and they described it as being a show about a sad spy who's a folk singer that like sings about his missions that have gone wrong. And, uh, I was like, oh, what the heck? It's worth a try. I'll give it a shot. And I think that description does, is not a good way to describe. I mean, it's accurate. Everything you said is true. Trying to describe, and it's not that difficult to describe. It's just that all the ways you're inclined to describe this do not begin to get out why it's a good show. Because yeah, it's not even, really a spy show. The spy show part of it is not, I mean, it is important, but it's not, don't expect a spy show out of it until arguably like the last two or three episodes. And even describing it as a black comedy, like all, all the descriptions of this show and any sort of synopsis or, or like trying to describe what kind of show it is repel me because I don't like I don't like black comedies. I'm you know, I'm like, oh, the, the silly gimmick of he's a folk singer and he's like, I, this doesn't appeal to me at all. And that just does not encapsulate what the show is. And, and, and there's truth to it. Like this is these are not inaccurate descriptions of the show, but maybe it just comes down to execution, like executed with a. Uh, you know, with style and competently and with restraint and with taste, maybe that's it. Maybe it's taste. 
because lots of black comedies are tasteless. Well, it's also very, uh, there's my word again, assured. There's a lot of confidence in exactly how long, uh, how, how to deploy every bit of how this movie or how the show rolls out, whether it's what kind of shots to use, how long to stay in this place, when to do this music cue. It feels, it's very confidently put together. Yeah. And, uh, some aspects of the show, maybe to use your favorite word, problematic. Right. What do you mean? And, and I feel like that's, I mean, the, the Steven subplot potentially problematic. Oh, that kind of problematic. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What problem might there be? Oh, you know, uh, making, uh, making someone who's uh, mentally impaired the butt of jokes, right? Which is, which is a fertile field in comedy. And yet also in a show that is not like in, in arrested development or whatever, maybe you can get away with it because everyone understands it's like, it's a reverent comedy, but depending on the scene that you're looking at this one, you're like, but yeah, but this is a serious show. Should they really be making jokes at this person's expense? But I feel like it fits in, you know, it fits in with, with the murder, let's say, which I don't, the pitch of the show is not that murder is good, but you will laugh at murder because that's the black comedy aspect of it. Right? Like the, the whole point of the show is it's making everybody, the viewer and all the people on the screen uncomfortable, but also laughing mm-hmm. while they're uncomfortable and laughing at themselves, laughing at being uncomfortable. Um, and it is not a yuck em up. Like let's all make light of things and punch down because you're also feeling sad a lot of the time. It's <laughs> why would you want to show that's going to make you uncomfortable about laughing things, uh, things that you're laughing at, but then sad about everybody involved, including yourself. And it's just like, this, I, I'm not. I'm not selling the show. I'm sure, but I think part of what connects with it is that a lot of people go through life uncomfortable about things that they might be laughing at and be uncomfortable, and also being sad about it. Right. So there is a certain familiarity of like, oh, I, I connect with that. I get that. Like, I don't want to say it's more realistic because obviously so many absurd things happen in the show, but I feel like it is more more grounded in in human reality than most shows that try to do all these same things to well, be it's, like it's i feel like it's very well grounded in emotional human yes, yes reality. exactly exactly it's but like for example like there's all kinds of stuff where like each time i can feel both of us doing this where you like you start to describe it one way and you imagine how how somebody hearing that would think of the worst example of that from tv and movies that they've seen mm-hmm. so when you say it's a black comedy well it's it is you say oh there's lots of tonal shifts well yeah there are uh, it is somewhat reminiscent. I don't know if you'd agree, but I think it's very reminiscent of the Coen Brothers and Wes Anderson. Well, that, that, that's just that's just what I was thinking of, though, because the Coen Brothers, like the Coen Brothers, are a thing, right? And I love Coen Brothers movies. Some people don't, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Coen Brother movies are less grounded in emotional reality. They are more fanciful. You also mentioned uh, Wes Anderson, like like Wes Anderson is so clearly like not trying to be particularly grounded in reality. Like it's fanciful, it's whimsical, right? And even the Coen Brothers movies are, you know, are willing to go farther than the Patriot will go, willing to go farther away from grounded reality because it's funnier and, and it's more interesting and, you know, exaggerated for comedic effect. And, you know, the, and the, the reason people love the Coen Brothers movies is they are also grounded in a emotional reality. Like it's the reason people find Fargo affecting, even though it's, you know, very absurd, you know, like, but mm-hmm. this movie is like, we're not going to go as far as Wes Anderson, the Coen Brothers. We're going to pull it back. Uh, you take like a moment in Fargo, like after there's been the denouement and she arrives back at the house and, and he tells her that he got his stamp, that he's going to get the duck on a stamp. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's a really sweet moment in the midst of this, after you've gone through all this stuff with the, you know, Buscemi and the chipper and everything. It's, it's a really sweet moment that feels fairly well earned in that case. 
And similarly here, in a way that I could never, I mean, could you have imagined how many, I don't know if, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I was very moved by a lot of the family stuff in this at many, many times that I did not expect, especially stuff like, you know, the scene at the campfire with Jack saying what he says to them about their relationship. And you're, it, you're taken aback because you think it's going to be that he's going to cop, you know, like knock him out. But instead he says this really sweet thing that shows how envious he is of their relationship. You know what I mean? You can't really see that coming. Yeah. Or even or the scene I always think of a Coen Brothers movie in, in Fargo in particular is the, the, uh, the old classmate of Francis McDormand, uh, the, who is has a crush on her and right? And he says his wife know, died. Yeah, you're such a super lady, right? <laughs> that that he's he's a mess and it's comical, but they still manage to pull out some emotional connection there because you realize this guy is hurt. Like like they'll surprise you in the middle of a comedic scene with one little note of poignancy, and then back to the comedy. And this uh, patriot does that as well. Again, not as not as broad, not as exaggerated much more subdued like the star and like so much else in the show. That's why I feel like, you know, the spy part of it is an important ingredient because a lot of spy things are this kind of slow burn, pay attention to everything, but you know, uh, you know, lots of waiting around and carefulness punctuated by moments of, uh, you know, extreme excitement and violence, right? That the spy Mm -hmm. aspect of it, I think influences the tone a lot. Um, and the, the, you know, I don't, without, I mean, I know we have the spoiler horn and this is yeah, but we, we don't supposedly want to the whole series, right? Yeah. But, I, but I will say that, so there's a story to this season and maybe a quarter of the way through, you kind of feel like, you know, where the story is going, uh, but this movie, the, this show, not that there's a twist cause there is no real twist, but there's a couple of slight turns that are in different directions than you might have thought towards the very end. Um, in particular, uh, well, I don't, I don't remember the whole thing, but uh, put it this way. There's a character who you watch through this entire series who does something at the end that surprised me. Not because it's out of character, but because it would, like I feel like it revealed my own biases towards that character not founded in what was shown in the show. Because if you if you You're look at what the character is it, did is it Rick? No, no. Um the the lady detective. Oh, right. That was very unexpected to me. But but here's the thing. If you look back at the whole rest of the show, like, why was that unexpected? Did you have any reason to believe this character would do something different? What have you seen this character do during the entire program? What do you know about this character, right? And if you look back on the show, it's pretty well established. This especially, is maybe especially in- when she's in Milwaukee, when she seems so yeah. far out of her element. Right. It, she, this is 100% in character for her. It's just that you have an expectations of how a show is going to go. Right. You have an expectations of antagonist and protagonist, of you know hero and villain, of good person and bad person. And those expectations, you know, obviously for the protagonist, you know you're being brought on that ride, like... Is this a hero? Is this a villain? What's the deal with this guy? Like, you know, you're there, but then like these, these side characters catch you by surprise, because you think they're slotting into the neat little slots that side characters fall into and shows like the dorky brother who also doesn't quite fit into his slot as well. The, the, the puppeteer does who's, not fit into her slot. Who's supposedly a congressman? Right. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, I mean, I've, I, I've watched yeah. the first episode five times and I'm still confused. Yeah, uh, I think so. So John's, John's, John Lickman's father was a congressman who is now in the intelligence game. Yeah. And 
his brother, who's not actually named Rick, what's his real name? Uh, cool Rick. Cool Rick, whose real name is uh, uh, not William. But his brother uh, runs for Ed. and gets Ed, Edward, yeah. He gets his father's seat when he retires to work for the CIA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because last name, right? Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like whole, that stuff is just like not, background. Not <laughs> yeah. That, that stuff is just background. He's he's got he's got the kid. Like I, that was one. Of, that was a very a very uh, very Wes Anderson thing. Where as an aside, one character says to another, "You know that's his kid, right?" <laughs> Which I thought was going to be a throwaway joke, but then like the next episode, they're like, "Nope, it's his kid." Right. That scene in the tent. I mean, just just again and again, I kept being surprised. So I, I, we don't want to spoil this whole season for you, but uh, things to watch for. I mean, um, I mean, one thing, if I were trying to tease you into watching, this is exactly the kind of spoiler slot that is really disappointing to people because it's neither going into enough, enough depth about ex- ex- precisely why the show is good with, with examples, but it's also just enough to ruin it a little bit. What, what I'll say is, like, I'll go back to what I said before, though, about the confidence of it and the fact that it... Uh, there's, I don't know if you call it exactly a pattern, but there's like sort of a cold, cold open to each episode that ends up going into often some of the, like what's a new thing that's happened or a backstory piece for the different characters. As Jarrett Jason says in this show called Sad Spies, we find out why a given particular spy is sad. Uh, and that was some of my favorite parts. Like when they go into the two brothers at Jaywick Sands, you know, and getting smacked on the bus and all of that, the background of those two brothers. But at every turn, uh, it, it, you, you may find yourself somewhat surprised by both w- what you end up laughing at and what you end up feeling like strangely warm about. In this show, that can be real wackadoo. And it works both ways. There's other kinds of stuff. There's an example that <clears throat> I think really culminates, again, in the, in the very good 10th tenth, uh, tenth and final episode, where there's a character who has been pretty much nothing but a laughing stock or a source of like derision through the entire show. Um, and uh, Ichabod. And there's a scene with him and John that is uh, really strangely moving in a way I certainly had not anticipated. Yeah, like they played for laughs. Like, that's the thing. In, in most shows, you can tell when they're playing something for laughs, and you, t- you can tell when they're being serious. And in this show, it dares you to try it's to figure of, out kind of both. Whether, whether, they're, whether they're playing for laughs or whether they're serious. Right. Yeah. Even in the parts where John is being terrible to Stephen. Hilariously funny, but then you think about you know what what is asked of john this is is this part of what is asked of john is this you know is this like that he ha- he has to he has to do these things because they're part of what he's being asked to do and i feel like maybe the spy training program is not great cuz maybe he could yeah. be better at doing the things that I feel he's like doing the profiling but, that led to him being approved for this is probably not too strong well you know but, well, but also that, thing, it's, like, that, it's that he's got he's got ptsd or something like it. He's he's a real wreck. He's real screwed up because of this terrible thing that happened on a previous mission a year ago. But I think one of the things I love, why, why episode eight, I would definitely put as one of the great episodes of a TV show in, in a very funny, very over-the-top sequence that is even probably too over-the-top for this when he's sitting on the pipes. What you end up with is that he's not he's not screwed. He's not mega screwed. He's screwed on so many different levels. And then he finds out he can't run away from it. And basically there's something so what became this hilarious thing, all these people and their grievances and what they're going to do to him and all this stuff. And then on top of it, when his father says, I need you to stay there, don't go anywhere. No matter what, don't go anywhere. I might need to get you out of there. 
and then it goes from being very absurd to to me to be being very uh you just really feel for the guy because you know all he wants to do is just get under the covers in some ways to not be wound up in this anymore. But he's so invested in it and in, and in the mission and in getting back to hopefully getting back to his life at some point that all he all he can do is just sit there and go like, okay, I guess I got to get through this week. But it's, it's going to be a like, very very bad week. It's probably uh, what is that? That Greek myth of the guy who gets like his liver pecked out every day, but he doesn't die. Right, mm-hmm. and the next day he just gets his liver pecked out again. The I guy on the rock. Who. I forget who that guy is. Yeah. Maybe one of those guys. But yeah, but the whole point is he like, and so, he, you know, John has played off against his uh, his uh, afternoon spray pal, right? But the 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 curse of John is that he, like that that he he never has the even the out that that his friend takes because he will never succumb to that. He yeah. will just be there every day having the bird peck out his liver or whatever it is. Like his strength, his, his strength is his curse. Like. That he can endure it. That's why he's asked to do it. And like this, this is a show where I think the the credit sequence, which is hilarious, uh, and I mostly don't skip because of the poor skipping abilities in the Amazon app. But <laughs> I would say watch the credit sequence, like watch it for every show, uh, every episode of the show, just because I think this is a case where you know the opening credits with the, the train song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a case where. The show itself does not contain specific backstory mm-hmm. that actually I think is contained in the credits because it oh, shows yeah. ostensibly sure. yeah, yeah. The, the kids' childhoods to know what kind of person is John, or what kind of person is Ed, how what, what, you know what kind of situation is going on in their family, like to to be right. what yeah. what were they like before they were like what they are now, right? Where Meemaw did they come? I mean, was country strong. <laughs> Yeah, and they touch on it a little bit with the dad asking uh, Ed about, uh, you know, a thing that he knows the truth of just to see what they're going to say, right? And then, you know, but but if you look at those kids in the credits, like, here's the thing about John. He actually is good at what he does, right? He's, he, like, he's obviously pretty smart. He's not like he's just a meathead, right? He has, as they say, a certain set of skills, Right, he's not bad at what he does. Mm-hmm. He, whoever his like, whatever you call the spy runner, whoever runs you, that organization sucks. You can't even get a chair, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, so that's part of the comedy of the show. But he actually is pretty good at what he's do- he does. But you know what he does is not very nice. <laughs> what 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 he's being asked to do is not very nice, and it is made incredibly more difficult. But he does it. One my one of my favorite episodes. And maybe I don't know if it's my favorite whole series. There's a lot of favorite parts of them, but I, early on, one of my early favorites was the episode with the bag, with the really heavy bag, which is a pretty simple gag. I'm a simple person, right? Mm-hmm. But he's got he's got the big heavy bag, and he's he's going all around. He's going Is that up about the red st- bag. Uh, he's got the the person in the bag. Oh God! Yes. Oh it's God! It's very yes, large yes, yes. and it's very heavy, and it's on its back. And oh he's, my God! He's he keeps going, falling down. He's and, going oh. everywhere with it. Is tremendously heavy. He's walking up and down hills, and it's 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 he's a simple the, the intestinal fortitude that keeps him going, going up hills, getting in fights. Like just he just keeps <laughs> I mean, they, going. They even go as far to have like the Monty Python has the hand out of the bag yeah, at, at right, one right, point right. and get it right. All right. So, and you would like I don't know like. That could be done badly. It's like, okay, we get it. It's a heavy bag. Isn't that funny? Ah, right? But, it, like, it doesn't stop. It's not like you get one scene of, boy, he's carrying a heavy bag. It's like for the whole episode, right? So you really feel the suffering with them. 
and it culminates in the kicking the door down scene, mm-hmm. which is just like it's one of those. It's it's a question of shawls a horse all over again. Like that they will keep doing it <laughs> until it wraps around and around and around. And is that the more Dennis translates from the next room? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But yeah, but but once that episode came and I saw they were going to have the bag for the entire episode and then it culminates in him and trying to kick the door down with the bag on it, that I was I was pretty well bought into the show. Uh, maybe, you know, I said, maybe that's not the best episode, but it, it was the yeah. one that really made Cemented, the show turn the corner. Cemented it. Yeah. Let me ask you, I, this is a silly question, but um, in the first episode, fairly early on, Cool Rick has to go to Amsterdam to bring him back and he doesn't want to go. Um, and definitely can't go tonight because he has to do this bull riding competition and he wins easily because he's from Texas and he knows what he's doing. He, he, he deliberately falls off, right? Yep. Why did he do that? Because he's a dutiful son. Exactly. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But I mean, the first time I watched it, I didn't completely catch that. I see, you know, Rick smiles and you get that, but like, you think he did that because of his family? Yeah. No, he, he has a sense of duty to his family, to his country. Because oh, so because if he doesn't do it, someone else will have to, and he's better equipped to do it than they are because he can endure what they cannot endure. Yeah. Yeah, and even in the first episode, I mean, I really buy the genuine affection. There's that wonderful moment where they're singing, the two of them are singing, and then his wife comes up, and she's sitting there, and then Rick comes up and starts harmonizing. And I just think it's, it's such a little, such a small scene, but I thought it was so beautifully done. I got some issues with the notes that they're playing and where the capo is, and I think they're not playing in the same <laughs> yeah, well, key. yeah. But uh, but wasn't that beautiful? Yeah, the, the music uh, and this works works surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though like it is it is uh, one one note one joke on the nose. Like his singing is literal. Like you know that's again oh, that's the, why the folk, the folk songs. Yeah, that's why if you describe it like oh this is stupid I don't care like what a stupid gimmick like just don't worry about it. It's not. I don't know it's if not, it's precisely that bad because I think one of the things, as Max said uh, in our other program, it helps a lot that he is obviously like, a, he's a really good singer and has a, when he wants to, a real Johnny Cash like voice. But the other thing I really appreciated was, you know, as much as it is, it's supposed to be, it's like a song he's sort of making up as he's telling the story to himself and the audience. It, I mean, if you're any fan of early Bob Dylan or that kind of folk music, you know, if you think it's about something like Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll, it's got that kind of sound of like, it's got repetition, it's got repetition, it's got repetition. You'll do like this little like repeating cadence in the verses. That's such a classic 60s protest song way. And they really nail that, even in Birds of Amsterdam, where there'll be this repeating of this same like rhythmic pattern with the lyrics. And then he'll turn it up, change it up a little bit at the end. You know, you don't see male hotel maids, you don't see that. That I, I, I thought that was actually very, I don't think it was silly. I think it was very well done. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not, it's not like the, in the abstract, yes, we get what the joke is, but it is done with restraint and taste in a way that doesn't, that doesn't seem cheap. Right. And yeah, I guess it helps that the, the performances are good and that it ties into like that, that is not a one note thing like that, like the joke is the joke. Right. But there's a, there's a plot that ties into that with this friend that he meets in Amsterdam. Like mm-hmm. that, that is part of the show. It's not just like, we're going to have the story and then every once in a while he's going to go off into these songs and we hope you think they're funny. It actually ties into the story. He comes in, he comes in at the beginning of the second episode. Yep. Isn't that amazing? Well, I mean, what a like, character. And, and there's the meta joke, which, you know, still continues to work like that. He's a spy and his, his picture is on an album cover and just <laughs> that, that's like, in his, like, that's, that's in his, uh, Javert's, uh, handbag. Mm hmm. 
and, and yeah, and the, and like this is this is the thread that runs throughout the thing. You know, his bicycle rides at night, his, his increasingly dangerous bicycle rides at night, right. his right, right. need to sing, his appearing on an album cover. It's almost like revenge against the crappy spy organization that's running him. If you can't support me in the way that I need to be supported, I'm going to self sabotage. You know, with with you know increasingly uh, more efficiently self sabotage. Uh, but never, he's never able to fully do it because he's in the hospital and he's, he's basically fine, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's like indestructible. I think this is, this, this spy character, John, John Lakeman is a, is more interesting than Jason Bourne in any of the Jason Bourne movies. Not that maybe that's not saying much if you're yeah, into that, but yeah, J- Jason, he's, yeah, Jason Bourne's sort of like John Lakeman meets Wolverine, you know, like, you know, uh, what happened to me? I, I feel like though, at a, at a more like sort of generic level, um, or I don't know, just in terms of the where, where this figure, where shows like this figure, um, this is very much the kind of show that makes me grateful for the Platinum Era Peak TV stuff. You going I with mean, that? You going with Platinum Era? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good name for it. But I, I, I like. When's the last time I see it? I, now again, I'm assuming that you like this as much as me. I'm, I, I'm not sure. I can tell you the last time that I thought about a movie I saw in the theater as much as I thought about this show. Like for example, like I really liked Baby Driver. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying to think of things. Um, and, and again, this is not going to be one of those. Well, this is what I think about this more than Star Wars. I don't mean it that way. But honestly, um, I have returned to this and watched this several times already. <laughs> it's just interesting how like this little dumb show that I had not heard about on Amazon has captured my attention and kept it. And, you know, again, there's always the role of timing. Who knows how things work out? But what a crazy time that, as you said, this could be sitting out there in plain sight for a year and I wouldn't see it. And then once I do, it has a bigger impact on me than a lot of stuff I couldn't wait to see in a theater for two years. I think the the longer form helps a little bit too, right? Like that the, you have you have the sense of wanting to come back to it. Like you watch an mm-hmm. episode and you can't wait to see the next episode because there's more of it. And you don't get that with a movie because it's over uh, quick enough. I think it's, you know, it's, it's probably maybe harder to make a movie that sticks with you as much. Yeah, as it it does. Does. Isn't that, isn't that strange? Like we've been watching, like I say, we've been watching I Claudius and we're on episode six. First episode's an hour and a half. All the ones after that are a little under an hour. And, um, it's, it's uh, it's just that, that's bananas. <laughs> you think about it, or you think about again. Like I, I know you're not a huge fan of Black Mirror, but there's so many new shows that are like anthology shows that are essentially just little. They're movies. They're not even little movies. They're movies. It's just it's the craziest thing. And then so now we wait for this movie, and there's this budget, and it's oh, it costs three hundred million dollars to make, and you go and you see it, and two hours and thirty eight minutes later, you're like, that was good. Yeah, and you can still great movies can still definitely stick with you, but television shows like because there's so much of it that the television shows don't stick with you, you just don't come back to. It. But you you don't have that sort of uh, Christmas morning anticipation feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get that once with the movie, right before you see it. But with a, with a great TV show, it's like you know you're you're counting the the hours or the days to when you can have find time in your schedule to watch the next episode because you can't wait to see what happens next, right? And you can mm-hmm. binge it if you know. This happened with this show too. But you start to get, you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you're like, well, I have three episodes left. Three hours would leave me at two a.m. I can make it. Like that's, <laughs> it's not healthy to do that. But but during the run up to it, you're like, I can't wait to see the next episode of that. I can't wait. And you know, it's the the beauty of modern television. You don't have to wait for the next week for a thing to come out. Because sometimes with Game of Thrones, that can seem like a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta wait till the whole next week to see the next episode. Whereas this, you know, you can do an episode or two a day, and it feels like a feels like a special treat. Yeah, I, I feel like that with uh, the Good Place, 
where um, I think The Good Place is going to might have a surprisingly long life, not least because it is it's one of those shows maybe like Kimmy Schmidt, where like I think The Good Place really benefits from binging. You know what I mean? There's just something about the nature of that show and getting into the state of mind of that show that once you're into it, you don't want to get out of it and you just want to watch the whole thing all the way through. Yeah, but you're I, a multi-watcher though. I'm not a multi-watcher, so I'm not. I am I'm, with this. I'm not. I'm not for too many things. You're, I mean, a, you're a multi-watcher with everything. Well, if I if I finish it, I might watch it twice. Uh, two updates. Uh, the guy I was thinking of is Gil Bellows. He's Lawrence Lacroix. And he's also one of the executive producers. He's the guy from Ally McBeal, and he likes to get yep. hit with Twizzlers. Mm-hmm. Prometheus, an eternal punishment, is chained to a rock where his liver is eaten daily by an eagle, only to the be regenerated eagle. by mm-hmm. night due to his immortality. There you go. That's John Lakeman in The Patriot. Although I could have sworn it was a crow, but eagle, I guess, is more. Luxembourg. Luxembourg. Oh, God. So it's a, I, the way the one the episode way, where uh, she's interrogating him, it's like she the way says the it, detective says is the, the you says said Luxembourg. This. I want a super cut. She says it like six times. She <laughs> says it so so beautifully and like Luxem- Luxembourg it, it, city, it, Luxembourg. Yeah, that, that she is probably the most Wes Anderson aspect of this movie because she is like she's like uh, the Impossible Astronaut to another show that you watched over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where did she come from? And what is she doing? And I think Rick, I think cool Rick Edward is is very Wes Anderson in some ways. But yeah, even really, I, really yeah. like the the jujitsu or the um, not jujitsu uh, tracksuit the the tracksuit Dracula's or uh, whatever game, game of game of death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but also the the jujitsu guys. They're 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 kind of like something out of a Wes Anderson movie. That's true. That's true. The Definitely. brothers, but 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 like but even then, they feel like you know, the Wes Anderson you know or, or Coen Brothers. Yeah, they would have they would have used them more. They're here here they're used less. They're they're more restrained. Oh, we like, have not said a single syllable about the best character on the show, Leslie. Ah yes. Well, see, here's the thing about Leslie. Uh, he is played by an actor that has played very very similar characters before. Which mm-hmm. is why that character works so well, because it is right in his wheelhouse and he knocks it out of the park. But it's not a surprising combination of actor and character. So, you know, it depends on, you know, what. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you're maybe giving him slight uh, short shrift there. The, I guess what I would say is, and that the thing that every time we start watching the show with my wife, we watch it with the subtitles on. And I'm just struck by the repetitions of language and the repetition of words and uh, things that you don't realize are going to be repeated. It's it's like poetry. And I think the writing on this show, just the, even just the dialogue, I mean, the stories are good, but the dialogue is very, very good. The things that people say are very good, even if it's something as simple as John's monosyllabic. Yeah, cool. Right. Like at certain points when he's like so tuned out, but the way that Leslie is written, not just the piping talk. But it is such a perfect match of casting, character, and dialogue that I, I thought it was. I thought he was amazing. He, you could not have gotten anybody better for that role. Yeah, that's another place where the show challenges you. It challenges you to try to to uh, try to pigeonhole Leslie as the bad guy. Just try it. Like right. you won't. It, it's impossible to do. But he's also like you can understand why you would be annoyed by him. Yeah, but, but he's you can see mostly why he's, how he, why he's how he is. He needs this order. He needs this success. But even so, like he's he's pretty flexible. He's willing 
he's willing to have the optimistic meal. Like he's right. He's <laughs> but then he doesn't how, show up. He's just sitting there with all the breakfast. How, how many? How many chances? He, he gives him so many, so many chances. chances. Right. And even he, when it, even he and Tom are getting along, they're both they're both from Tuggers. Yeah. Even when the dad comes, he's still willing to like you know you're a good guy. I like you, but you know yeah. Not, and and it's it's eminently reasonable and yet like frustrating if it's your job to keep this job. The other thing is, and at this point now I'm just being that guy, but the, having watched several episodes a couple times, I'm sure you caught all of this, but something very rewarding is some thematic things. I mean, one thematic thing that didn't occur to me until I'd watched several episodes a couple times was, um, I mean, it's a piping company. And there's that his wonderful speech about circles, how there's no circles in nature. But there's that repeating theme of, hey, listen, John, this is nothing. It's just about getting, getting this from A to B another theme that keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love the little, the little echoes of that in that, in fact, that he's working at this piping company. His job is supposed to be as simple as getting something from A to B. And that's exactly what piping does. Piping gets something from A to B. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the thing, that's the other thing about the show, like, and all television shows anyway. So if there is a, a part of the show that touches on an area that you have professional knowledge of, it can really take you out of the show because no television show is going to be as accurate as you would want it to be. So if you're a doctor, I bet you have trouble watching medical dramas. If you're a computer programmer, you have difficulty watching any program, any show that centers CSI cyber computers. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I imagine that if you like, first of all, I don't even know if piping as shown in this show is even an industry or a job that you could have, but assuming it is, if you were in an industry, I feel bad because you would watch the show and it would really, and it would none really of those, hurt your none ability. Of the, none to, of those are words, right? Yeah, like, or, or if they are, like no one would ever talk that way and it's ridiculous. It's CSI Cyber for Pipers, mm-hmm. right? And I feel bad because I enjoy watching the show because I know nothing about piping. So you just get to enjoy it sort of at like the same way that people enjoy the computer crap that yeah. I can't get past. And that's, this, you know, there's no avoiding that, right? There's It's very, it's pretty much impossible, I think, to touch on an area of someone's professional expertise in a show and do it so well that they are not taken out of it. Because well, I mean, you're I also not, imagine there's not any one such thing as a company that does piping. It seems like that would be something extremely specific. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe, that's the thing. We don't even know if that's right. a thing that you can have. Maybe that's part of the... I mean, what the, is it that you're piping? What kind of terrain? Like, it just seems like there would be... I'm not an engineer, but it seems and, like there would be very different companies that you would not ever just call a piping yeah, company. And I don't even understand what the plates are and the fact that they would go overseas to bid a thing. It doesn't, like, it doesn't make any sense. What about your baker's knots? Are you going to tie those down? Yeah. <laughs> you better give the tie down his baker's. <sighs> oh, yeah. Or even, like, you know, other stuff. Just so many little great things. Like, uh, again, these these little echoes, like the way uses of the word cool, as lots of people have pointed out, the many different uses of cool throughout it like whether it's like oh cool or like cool rick or it's just there's all kinds of little little things like that that are really satisfying even cool rick is like that's like episode one or two where he's he's talking to his son and mm-hmm. imagine this hypothetical person let's call him cool rick yeah and by the like by the end of the series you got an, an a very impactful uh, tantalizing and well paid off title based on that yeah and he knows he knows what song he's gonna, he's gonna listen to root down mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> when he runs. Okay, the whole library thing was a little silly. I, I was saying to my wife, am I, am I crazy or is this, like, first of all, I don't understand any of this. How did they get this copy of the book there and get a card for it? And why is Leslie's name under John's name in the sign-up? Yeah, no, I, I, can, I can imagine that being spycraft. I mean, the real, the real difficulty is, like, that, uh, that this would be accepted as an alibi, right? That so much else is suspect 
that oh, if we get this, then that this will be acceptable alibi because this could not possibly. He put in quite a performance. Fake. He was very committed in the uh, in the interview. Well, that that interview scene was great because another subversion of expectations. He waited too long with his right hand, though. That was driving me crazy. No, that was best. That was the best moment where he picks up. Like, so here's the thing, though. <laughs> he writes like, like a fourth grade girl. <laughs> yeah, but like, despite despite all, like, you watch her face. Like she is she before this. She's like, I've got this guy. This is you know I'm I am doing my job. There is no yeah, escape she's, she's now. She's at this Mueller stage where she just needs him to say the things that incriminate him because she's got him. She's got him chapter and verse. Yeah, I, and then he comes in and he does that, and you just watch her face the whole time, like it is all falling apart because everything he's saying is not what she wanted him to say, but a hundred percent plausible. And, and he's admitting something. He's admitting. He's, he's he's instead of just denying everything, he is admitting something. He's admitting that he lied about his credentials. He lied about his competence. Mm-hmm. And, and that show like this shows that he's actually good at his job because what like right. because you know in the, in the where he's sitting in the pipe scene you're like how was he possibly going to get out of this one here he goes in there and he he does he he does the only move that he has and it just crushes her because she's like this this is not the way it was supposed to go and like her instincts are still pretty good and she's like this makes sense because he says so much truth enough truth to make a plausible story and it's just a matter of the alibi which is Kind of flimsy, but you know, there's mm-hmm. that's where you start to get into the Wes Anderson land. But also to think, you know, towards the end, like what how the, how her plotline actually resolves, and what, exactly how and what much finally she... happens in the last episode with the MacGuffin when he finally gets it and it's doesn't have what he thought was in it. Mm-hmm. That was a hell of a MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, that's another that's another possible. I got to watch it again if, uh, to to see if this works out. But like the puppeteer is. Her and her friend says, "You want to do blah blah blah." Twizzlers three hundred bucks, and she shrugs, which shows that she's not like she's not like you could. If you see how the rest of the thing works out with the puppeteer, you could say she's just doing it as a favor to her friend. Sounds like it might be a fun thing to do, but in the moment, you're thinking the reason someone would agree with this because it sounds like not a not a lot of work for three hundred dollars. But you later learn that that's not what she's motivated by at all. So I'm not sure if that fits together. Like, what, what do we know about this character? Could we have predicted this? It's like, well, she did agree to do a silly thing for 300 bucks, which shows that she's slightly motivated. I don't know. I'll have to watch again to see how it goes. That seems about right for a dog leash. Yeah. <laughs> the, don't you love the conversations? Uh, Terry, it, every uh, conversation Terry O'Quinn has with anybody is, it just feels like a masterclass to me. Yeah. I, and I, and it's lost strong through, but I can't help, you know, the, the sort of the charismatic, uh, not entirely all there person, right? John John Where, Locke? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Where at various times he seems to have it all together, but then you just look and peeking under the surface, you're like, how much, how together is this? Really? Oh, man, his flashback was a good flashback. That was good. Because Locke, I feel like I, rem- I could be remembering wrong, but I feel like, so the island has like fixed him. And he he's become like the real like kind of alpha like effective guy, and then his flashback is like he's a balding, like insurance agent or something, mm-hmm. like an emasculated, like mm-hmm. bald. Yeah, mm-hmm. <sighs> God, that shit makes me mad. Spoilers for Lost. Spoilers for Lost. You were warned. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so we should wrap. Tell me. So thank you for first of all thank you for giving this a chance. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, you watching any of it, and it sounds like you're generally general thumbs up. 
Yes, big big thumbs up. Like you, you're right fantastic. to categorize you, you're right to categorize this in the same group as leftovers as right. a show that not a lot of people know about, but that I really enjoyed, but that I can understand people not like. Yes. Well let's pivot to that then. Um let's do final judgments. Is this a um so um watching this series, let me give you a, an A and a B. Uh who should give who should give episode one a throw? And what would you tell people who liked it okay that would make them want to power through if they were ambivalent about episode one? So I think if you like Coen Brothers movies at all, not that these are exactly like them, right. like I said, Coen Brothers are the more extreme ones, but some people just don't like Coen Brothers movies at all. But if you do like them, you should definitely give this series a try. Not because it's like a Coen Brothers movie, but because if you like Coen Brothers movie, it means you're, you enjoy, I'm not going to say slow pace, but like, deliberate interesting like the sort of the you know what the comedy equivalent of not having a laugh track whatever that is right mm-hmm. you know so like that's that's a more modern invention there's a drama equivalent of not having a laugh track i don't know i don't know what that is like the opposite of spielberg or whatever but the coen brothers do it in both their drama and their comedy oh anyway, whereas the spielberg thing you know the one feeling you're supposed to feel really hard right now that was that's you're listening to that same podcast as I am. But like where you where you friendly would say fire like, with, e. with John Roderick. Oh right 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 right. But like like I'm I'm sad because ET is gray now. Spoilers for ET. Like I know very much. There's not an ambivalent collection. There's not yeah, a melange of emotions I'm supposed the, to feel here. It's the dramatic laugh track essential. Like it's the, the movie is telling that's you how, okay. how you're going yeah. to feel. Yeah, yeah whereas, I totally agree. I totally agree. Whereas this the you know. The Coen brothers don't do that with both their drama and their comedy. You're not sure if you're supposed to be serious or laughing, and they withhold it. Like so, that was if the the silence where the laugh track would be in Patriot is deafening. Anyway, if you like if you like Coen brothers, mm-hmm. try this. If the first episode doesn't grab you, I think it's because like Coen brothers movies, you're not going to really it's not going to really start to fire until you get to know these characters more. And I have to tell you that the story. Such as it is, it was a little silly, whatever. The overall plot of the story is not as important as the characters. But I think the story is done well. It it come it it is a satisfying path through this story. It is it is there's no stupid twist where it was all a dream. It is a straightforward story, but I think it does just the right amount of zigging when you expect it to zag, that it is just solidly written. So even if the first thing seems a little bit like meh three give it three episodes mm-hmm. leftovers i i wouldn't say three leftovers i feel like you know what you're getting with the one with this i feel you have to go at least three in mm-hmm. just watch the whole thing it's not that long it's a yeah, watch it just watch it then you can be a patriot hipster <laughs> as you said on, on do by friday that's what max said it wasn't me whatever <clears throat> whatever indeed good piping very good piping mm-hmm. 